Welcome back, listeners. My name is Jackson Vickery, and I'm the host and producer of the JV Club podcast. On this episode, I spoke to the production designer and set decorator about their work on the Iron Claw. I would love to just kick it off just by uh, asking how you both sort of first heard about the project and um, and how you first became attached to it. Um, James, I can kind of guess your entryway in, but um, uh, Tim, I would love to I would love to pick your brain on how you got involved in this uh, project. Um, well, um, I think James had been on the project for a long time. And, and then he, he was tasked with finding a local crew. Um, so um, for better or worse, uh, he, you know, they, they usually give a designer a, a list of the usual suspects. And, uh, and I was on that list. And, and so we, we uh, met via Zoom and, and talked about it. And then over a course of, of weeks and months actually, um, usually it happens a lot faster. There was, there was a pretty good gap. Um, and, uh, and so he came to the conclusion, um, or took a guess really that I might be the right person to help him. Um, so hopefully I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, James, can you just tell, tell me a bit just about when you first heard of, I mean, the Iron Claw and its sort of first seat, its first gestation. So uh, you were the right person. Well, who knows? No one will ever know now, Tim. Just that right, question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll get back to that in a second. Um, so I think the first time I read it was, I knew about it for a while. Sean Durkin had told myself and Matthias, elderly, the cinematographer about the von erics um and so we knew that he was writing a script a, 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 a version of the story and literally the day we wrapped on the nest um, which was the first film i'd ever production designed um he's he emailed matthias and i this script and it's like this is one for the future I think he was probably feeling sad that we'd come to an end because we have a great friendship the three of us and that was the second time we'd worked together and Sean's been living in America so he said he sent it off in a kind of melancholy going this is one for the future and I was thinking wow if it's as long as the last time that's six years before <laughs> before we're going to get around to that but thankfully it wasn't it was only a few um so yeah that was the first time I read it and I we talked about it a, a good bit at length and it's the only script I've ever read and in fact every time I've watched it now subsequently that I cry every time it ends it brings a tear to my eye and I was really worried when we got when I got to watch the first cut I was like because I'd watched it every time I'd read every time I'd read it I was like well I've imagined that in my head that scene and it's not going to do this. You know, they're not going to 
get to, you know it's not going to be as powerful and sure enough it was and even when I used to read the scripts I'd be like well I know that bit's coming and it's like it would get me every time I just finished the line the two boys say we'll be your brothers I think it's I'm probably not supposed to say that am I uh anyway <laughs> beautiful, uh, beautiful moment <laughs> but but if I just go back to to, to to Tim um and how yeah I sort of say they say can you you know get a crew and I'm like well I'm out of town I'm not even just out of town I'm from the other side of the world I don't know how it works over here um offer me some names and I and I Tim wasn't was one of the names on the list and from to be honest because I'm a because I'm a bloke I kind of want the set decorator to be a woman because they have a different sensibility and a different uh just a different touch uh than what I have so I want somebody who can maybe bring that feminine detail to some of the sets and so I was a bit like I oh, don't really want a dude and then uh, two things he, we interviewed. Tim had been in the military, which I found really fascinating. That he'd been in the military and then made his way to set decorate. And he was also really determined to get, find me another set decorator. <laughs> he kept sending me names of set decorators. <laughs> like, you try this person, you try that. And I was like... Some great names, too. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Well, I wanted to... You know what? A set decorator provides choices for their designer. And even... I mean, I guess uh -huh. it's just in me. So I was giving him choices. <laughs> and yeah, and so I thought, wow, that's that's good. That's something I'd probably do. So um, so I liked that. And and then yeah, a couple of questions were really stuck with me. So I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a bloke. And uh, <laughs> and it worked that fine. It worked that good. Love that. Um so I'm curious just what the unique challenge that I mean, was set forth by Sean that then is relayed on to you, James, and then is relayed on to you and subsequently in terms of this particular project, because it is, it's so fascinating. It's just, I mean, the, the story really for me, I, born and raised in Dallas, had very little knowledge of wrestling, of the Von Erics. Um, So I was just absolutely sort of flabbergasted once it sort of made its way out on the trades and doing a bit more research into it. So um so yeah, I, I'm just curious what the what the general sort of message was that sort of got uh that sort of went down the the chain of chain of command. Whoa. Um I wonder if so message wise, well two the, the if well if message versus challenge, the challenge was definitely from the arena because and, and I know they don't like us talking about the financial side of things on these but like it was it was tight it was really tight to to do that to achieve what we needed to um and so that was and the time as well I, it, you seem to do things a bit quicker in the, the states than maybe we do in the UK we have a bit more prep usually um and so that I kind of found strange it was like oh my god you really don't have much time here to do that but in terms of the the look and the feel we did researched and a lot of um a lot of photographs from the time so it kind of 
just trying to get in to figure out who this family are. We know we, we knew we wanted the house to be a joyful place, to feel like a joyful place. It wasn't supposed to feel dark and uh, and gloomy. And so that was kind of the two main sets with, with the house and, and the and the arena. And we wanted to also what we'd previously done with the nest, we attract a period near pit near near the near past, I find is very easy to turn into sitcom so it becomes a pastiche of itself and that's always a fine line of treading when you're deciding what say wallpapers or fabrics to use or patterns over so kind of always ear on the side of something that's more classical and not necessarily always period that something feels essentially right we have a very Matthias, Sean and myself have a very similar sensibility I think and we uh we don't we'll quite often don't articulate it very much we'll be like that feels right you'll be like yeah that feels we that feels right and you don't really get into a lot of dialogue necessarily about about why you're or intellectualize why you've made choices and i'm not really i'm not really that i don't really intellectualize in why i do stuff it's just sort of it just feels right or it doesn't sort of thing but mm. anyway over to you tim <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say these three guys, it was, it was really fun for me to watch their choreography for lack of a better term, because, you know, this having been their third project together or, or more, um, right. yeah, they, I mean, they, it wasn't even shorthand. It was more telepathic, like, like, you know, what they they didn't have to complete each other's sentences they completed each other's thoughts and i've never seen a designer who um affected the look of a movie more um he gave matches who's a, a great director of photography and a good hang as well um but you know he he essentially showed him shots and looks um as a designer should but i've never seen it the, the way it worked with these guys, um, they were so in sync and, and um, worked. It was, it was a great thing to be in the front row for, you know, like I like what I do anyway, but this was especially good because I was, I was watching somebody make a very well-crafted artfully made movie and I got to help them, you know? Um, so I, I felt like, a, you know, part of the collaborative process, but these three guys in the same conversation, they almost don't have to speak. They can, it's almost, they could, they could communicate with a, with an eyebrow or a smirk. <laughs> they, they, you know, they, and it is, it's feeling, it's, does it feel right? And it's not, it's not so much affected by, uh, I mean, we, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that you ever communicated a color palette or, or, uh, you know, we had a few references to look at. We, we had some ideas about, oh, this is a good vibe. You know, this movie was cool and, you know, that show's cool. But um, it, it really was about what made sense um, and uh, and what felt right. It was definitely a, a very gut feeling. This is how it should be. And sometimes you don't know how it should be until you see it. Sometimes you know more about you know more about what it shouldn't be. <laughs> so it, a lot of it was process of elimination. I don't know. I don't know if that any of that made any sense. Just one giant run on sentence. <laughs> no, it it absolutely did. Um, and I I have had the great fortune of uh, chatting with 
uh, Matt Diaz before um, and about the Iron Claw. And it is very interesting to to hear sort of your answers in terms of what the the two challenges or the challenges presented um, your team. And it definitely I it, it's just it's fascinating. Um, and I mean, I'm, in terms of building this ring and bringing it to life, um, I, I'm curious what that process was was like for both of you because it is so I mean it is almost like this cathedral in a way it's it's almost like I mean it is church for them in a way so I'm just curious what what it was like sort of building this uh this I mean just massive sort of set piece I mean it was interesting there wasn't a lot of photographs still there's not much documentary evidence of what of what it was actually like. I mean, there's the original uh, footage of the, of the shows they put on, but that of a particular angles. But like, uh, there was a there was a couple of good descriptions about it on the internet that I found, and um, and there was a, there was a, a walkthrough with Kevin just as it was being pulled down, but it'd been empty for a while. There's it, online you can find, and fritz's office was very very little there was a picture we thought was his office of some wooden paneling with uh with some wrestling photos but we weren't 100 percent sure on a leather sofa but we weren't really sure that was his office for definite i mean we kind of thought it was because of kevin going round, and so we sort of pieced that together and then i got to the stage where i had stopped watching interviews with kevin because i just felt too much responsibility it's fine creating a world for uh for a character that's never existed or whatever but when this is like a family and what happens to that family i found it too much almost too much to think about that you were trying to portray that family accurately and i mean like god knows what sean goes through or any of the actors all we had to do was create the environments it's not like that close yeah. so you know i mean the wrestling that sean must have done and he really loves you know loved that family loved that story so fair play to him but um i don't even know what your question was now i've just sort of gone off on a tangent <laughs> um <laughs> just the, creating the this i mean this massive i mean set piece and just where where so, you gone so where oh, we yeah. yeah so actually um a couple of things happened when we we didn't really know cuz we was we couldn't find the right location for a long time and Tyler, um, Tyler, what's Tyler's surname, Tim? Tyler. Is it Homan? Homan. Tyler Tyler Homan was determined. You know, we knew that we wanted to, I knew that we want, needed to find this building which had this particular steel structure inside that was steel framed. And it didn't, it seemed to me, oh, it can't be that hard to find an industrial unit to, that we can use as the skeleton of this place and hang, and ha hang the, uh, Build the build the bleachers and and use it as the as the bare bones for creating this setting because there wasn't enough time or money to create the whole thing from scratch, and I'm kind of um, I have this thing where I like to create composite sets but not just composite they're immersive so they're you know the house and location functions as a real place and I wanted the sportatorium to function as a real place not in the traditional sense that here's an office and it's not separated. And Sean likes that. And Sean had even written in the script that you were able to see from the office. You were able to connect that to the ring. So, I mean, we could have built a mezzanine floor. So there were certain things that we were looking for. And Tyler 
spent ages and we would go around together driving around and i remember we'd have we sometimes we'd send uh sean matthias videos of us like singing to eye of the tiger or something 80s kind of classic just like just you know hanging out and driving around looking for these locations anyway he found he'd found this um old furniture warehouse which was divided up into individual showrooms out the back and it was slightly smaller than a minimum i had a minimum size i thought we could fit it in i did a basic 3d model early on or sketch or something and so i was like it but it was still the only one that seemed to have the right structure inside so we eventually went there and looked and sure enough it did but we had to gut the whole place rip it out and i think everybody thought i was a little bit crazy they um, did uh where we went in there and in fact on the day first day of shooting angus the producer was like who'd have thought it was almost like he he thought it he knew but but when what what was great for me and i don't know whether tim was there there was two three people came to set there was a ref who's in the movie who was an original ref at the sportatorium he's like this has just got the same vibe as the original sportatorium and um kevin kerry's two daughters came and to the set and walked around and they were like oh the only thing that's not here is the cage i'm like what cage what's this cage and they were like oh there's a cage that all of the family could go up into and i was like damn i didn't know anything about that cage we would have given it you know we'd have we'd have incorporated that if we'd known and when they went into fritz's office and this is down to tim tim's brilliant set dressing he tim had put on the desk he'd put these little german planes fighter planes or bomber planes toys models on the desk and the one daughter saw them and started to cry and she was like how did you know granddad had planes on his <laughs> and he and sean was like how did you know that and i was like i don't know tim took a guess i guess you know i was like tim did you know and he's like no i just figured he'd have he'd have planes on his it, well it, it makes sense i think at some point um and, and one of the things that helped me a lot is uh because because i had so much time not technically on the show i was i was finishing an episodic that was pretty much on autopilot so i had a lot of hours to do research so those videos that james is talking about um you know there's a there's, there's an immense amount of material on the internet about the curse of the von erics and the von eric family and i think at some point i either read or imagined that Fritz's nickname was the bomber. And, and so at some point while we were, while we were making the movie, I, I passed uh, an old time hobby model store. And I thought I had this kind of light bulb moment where I was like, well, yeah, that guy would totally have like World War II German bomber fighter models somewhere in his, in his office. And it's also one of those things that it takes a lot of time to find if you're trying to find it last minute. But if, you, if you're in front of it a little bit, it's easier for us to always take it away. You know, if it's in the room and James hates it or Matthias hates it or Sean hates it, then we can always take it out. But that's one of those last minute requests that could crush a set decorator and their crew. So so I was like, well, better to have it, you know, see, we'll put it in there. And if, if somebody hates it, it can always go away. 
and then it was really just blind luck when she, when when James told me later that that you know one of the kids cried because they saw it and he said he said how'd you know and I was like lucky guess you know I, I I guess I should if I were if I were quicker on my feet I would have said well sometimes a decorator just knows James <laughs> but that, I wouldn't have hired you if you were that person who said that right right <laughs> yeah true true <laughs> it, would, it would have never worked be <laughs> like. <laughs> That's a bullshitter. Um, <laughs> we, we also got incredibly lucky with with the um, the state sales, didn't we? Tim, oh, we, did. we did. Um, I mean, from a set deck standpoint, two things happened that were very, very lucky for for me personally and for us. Um, one is for for probably almost twenty years, I've been looking for some sort of internet digitized copy of, of catalogs, um, of, you know, period catalogs. And I stumbled upon that link in prepping this show. So I had um, three different big box stores of the 60s, 70s, and 80s um, at my digital fingertips, which made research and, you know, what lamps look like and, and what, um, you know, what a weight set looked like or what curtains or, or bedspreads looked like. Um, Cause I like research a lot, you know, then, then if you, if you know what the rules were and you choose to deviate them from them, at least you started with what it should look like. Um, so that was huge. And then um, I found an estate sale that was blocks from our office that essentially was a time capsule. It was um, the calendar in this home was from 1987 and it had been a couple who passed away and their kids had um, moved away, but still maintained the house. They had it cleaned twice a month. Um, and the daughter lived in Ohio and the son lived in DC and is a sportscaster actually. And, uh, and they had preserved this home from 1987 until you know, until we found it in, a, in an estate sale. Um, and I always shop an estate sale um, for our purposes, but especially for a period piece, this couldn't have been more perfect. It was, it was absolutely a gift. And it's, it's how we did it with the money that we had because it, it, it provided so much for the movie. And I guess it was, I guess it was lucky that we found it and then it was it was great that we were smart enough to recognize it. You know, I was able to take James there. And, um, I kind of had the inkling that we should just buy it all, which I've never done before. Um, but when James saw it, he confirmed that that suspicion. He was like, um, yeah, we you know, and we, we love the place so much. We ended up actually shooting a camera test there. It was mm -hmm. it was it was so good. Um, yeah, it was it was very lucky. Um, one of the other things that that was in our favor is uh we you know we didn't have enough time we didn't have enough people we didn't have enough resources of any kind that filthy lucre sorted coin being one of those resources and and the way james plotted um geographically the locations in in putting sets as close to each other as possible um it was it was a, a bit of strategy that you don't always see from a designer. Um, it was it was great, and, and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been able to pull it off because we didn't have 
you know, a limitless amount of trucks and humans to go from one place to the other. And sometimes it just comes down to that. So the, the way he plotted our course um, was, it, it, that wasn't luck. That was, that was his strategy. Um, you know, the catalog, the catalog website and the estate sale that we found, that was, that was a lot of luck. I got to tell you, you know, you, you make your own luck as well. Sometimes with experience. I suppose. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was interesting that estate sale, Tim was like, there was some online first or you'd been there. Oh, I can't remember anyway. I got a text and he was like, can you come with me and Chad tomorrow to, uh, to the estate sale? And I was like, geez, could you just, can you not choose some furniture yourself? I was thinking, you you, you know, you're going to buy some. I was like, okay. I was like, well, maybe he just wants me to make sure we're in tune. And that's not such a smart, that's not, that's a smart idea, you know, before he goes off spending alone. You know, I quite often like to spend some. And we get there and he's like, oh, go and have a walk around then, James. They were both like, go and have a walk around sort of with this smug little, smug little <laughs> smiles on their face. And I was thinking, they, is this like some kind of stitch up? Are they are they are they are they testing me here? <laughs> so I walked around for about ten minutes, and I was just in awe of everything. I was just like, and so then so Tim was like, so what do you think we should get? And I was like, can we just buy the whole lot? And he was like, yeah. But but then again, I'm just remembering now the 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 um the furniture place which became um the sportatorium because that had carpets that had been put in and then and because this was hadn't been used in years as well that had been in since the six seventies and eighties and the and the, the pile is so long on them and you can't get well you can get long pile now but you can't get them in those colours and we we basically cut these um, the poor guys that had to do it I felt so sorry for the set dressers they went there as as construction were pulling these this this thing apart and cut the carpets up and then took them to the ranch and they backed them all and fold them over. So the rug that you see as a great shot of um, Doris, uh, you know, in the kit, in watching the telly and, and there's that lovely orange carpet. That's a carpet that we cut up and you couldn't have got that anymore. You know, it doesn't matter with the best one in the world. You can't get that in a hire company. You can't go and buy that. No one will reproduce it. I mean, you'd have to, if you were here and you really wanted that, you'd have to go to India and get it made. And we just yeah. were like, let's do that, you know. And those poor guys in the and girls, they were in, it was limbing boiling. It was like 40, 37 degrees, humidity. And they're in the out the back in on the concrete, taping this thing up and cutting it to size. And you're just like, what have I done? But thank you. It was well worth it. I mean, well, it, and we we tried to send it to a carpet binder, um, and he wouldn't touch it. There's a guy that I've, I've done business with for 15 years. And he said, this will ruin my machines and my machines are my business. He's like, this is so old and dusty. You know, they, it, again, it was that furniture store where we put the sportatorium was a time capsule. We even used some of his lighting and, and furniture elements. But yeah, the, the carpet was, um, you know, we recognized it as something we would never be able to pull off and we found a way to make it work it was it was very much arts and crafts and and uh you know i always joke when when you're not when you're working with a with a limit in terms of resources sometimes you're going to take pictures of borrowed and stolen things and this was this essentially was we got it before it went to a dumpster but 
you know, this, these were refugees from a dumpster or a trash pile, and we turned them into something that ended up so great, and and we never would have afforded, we never would have had the time or the money to to put those things in our movie. And uh, and I don't even know that you see them that much, but you sure do feel them when you walk into that house. You, that house felt it felt like it was decorated in the seventies for a reason, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. I mean, just based my grandma's house is exactly that. It was almost like walking into that because it was just like, right. Oh my gosh, this is, this is eerie, but uh, I want to be respectful of your time. But if I can ask one last question from you guys, what did you learn from each other from working on this particular project? Hmm. <laughs> And I'll let whoever wants to go first go. <laughs> I I learned I learned a bunch from Tim actually, a lot of a lot of things. I I really liked the way he ran his team, and much very much like when when I'm at home and I have a team that I've worked with for years, you become friends and a family, and you know he's he's the papa of the family, and that's that was um that was nice you know you go over to the other side of the world totally different system never been done before i've never done that before and essentially it doesn't matter i'm just doing i'm just facilitating the script and coming up with stuff but like you know to everybody else has to make the sportatorium the sportatorium and turn the set you know turn the house and into the the family home and 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 inf do these crazy things like do you mind if you get everyone to rip up the flea bit and carpet you know and and do that <laughs> much so i'm sure they're discussed and so i just really like that and and the fact that yeah the 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 going to the estate sales there was sort of like a, a good he tim didn't necessarily you know wanting to really work the way I wanted to work or the way we wanted to work and I just if you thought it was a it was brilliant I, I, I'll do it you know do it again if we ever come to America again if I ever come to America again you know Tim's I'm going to be straight away on the phone and we had a lovely little with Sammy the set deck um assist uh supervising yeah. art director yeah and uh Wilson the um art development coordinator and we had a lovely little group of people and it was it was a lot of fun even though I was a long way from home so yeah it was it was good it was really really nice and, I, and you know he educated me on and, and Sammy the whole American system and the way that you guys do it over there and you know always come to the aid of a problem maybe I'd be like oh you know <laughs> what do you think and ask advice you know just be able to advise me on on every aspect of of filmmaking in America because it is always different you know I've just been in Hungary before that and that's a different system and so you're like each time you've got to go and some you know figure out how it works because you can't impose your own and they always like taking the mick out of me for the different oh intentions or records tech records um, we, learned, we learned a lot of new vocabulary terms and they were great um, <laughs> but, but I think I think what I think what I was reminded of by James is is uh, how much fun making a movie is, and and uh, 
you know, sometimes I forget how lucky I am to get to do what I do. Um, especially I do a lot of television. And sometimes when you're, when you're cranking out episodic, you're working in a factory and you're making sausage. Um, so making a movie, even, even one that doesn't, you know, have all the resources and the time that you wish you had, um, you know, it's a, especially a movie like this, you know, the, the words were so great. The writing was so great. And it was such an artful intention to begin with. Um, um, it was, I don't know, it was just a lot of fun and, and, you know, being included as much as I was, because sometimes, uh, sometimes a designer doesn't want a decorator to, to be as, as, a uh, you know, in the huddle, you know, um, sometimes I just get notes and I need to, I need to fulfill a list. Um, so it was, it was nice to be asked my opinion. And then, and then just James's approach to the job. It's, you know, it's, it's best idea wins. You know, it's uh, okay. So we have this thing that they say can't be done, but we have to do it or a reasonable facsimile thereof. So, you know, let, so let's do it. It was, it was, you know, it was all crisis management and making the best choices we could with, with the time that we had and, and, uh, and always with a great sense of humor, you know, that's what I think I said to you early on in an email and in, in introducing you to James was, you know, um, you know, he's a good hang. He's he's a, he's a, I'd, I'd go to dinner with him whether we were working together or not because he's funny as fuck. So you know, <laughs> he's, you know it's a he's he's gonna find the humor in the situation. Um, and then also he had a really high high standard. You know, like it, it was it was a very relaxed approach to delivering something that we could all be proud of, which isn't always the case. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode. This podcast was hosted and produced by yours truly, Jackson Vickery. But a very special thank you to Sterling Gavinsky for the theme music and to Carly Haney for the artwork. We will see you next time.